When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year. That's like a burrito. I love burritos. You are listening to the Work For It podcast. I am Brian House, and we're going to dive right in to today's show because yeah, we man. have a special guest. Not only do we have Dr. Brian Cohn in the house. <laughs> Is that really going to stick? <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't think. I mean, I personally think it's fantastic that you're a doctor. You spent so many years in college studying and did all this work. I, why wouldn't you want to just really put that in the forefront, Brian? I don't right, really understand. Right. I'll take that over uh, Sharp Santa. I was just going to say, it's either that or Sharp Santa. You're, you pick. Uh, you can choose. But uh, speaking of Sharp Santa, we have a special guest on the show today, just for a brief period. He only has a little bit of time, so we're starting a little bit early. It's Ben from Ben's Bites. How you doing, man? Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm doing yeah, great. Absolutely. Um, no. Yeah, I, I've been. We've been friends for what over a year now. We've talked about me coming on for at least that long, at least a year now. And uh, today's just one of those days where the stars lined up, and I have some free time. I probably have a hard out in about 45 minutes, but. Um, I'd love to chat with you guys until then, and maybe oh, yeah. we'll be able to do it again. I will. T I will tell you this: there's so much to talk about, but I think the most interesting thing about what you're doing currently is working with your touch mark. And I think that was what we initially talked about, and the last episode was having you come on and discussing your process because I think you're doing something relatively unique. And, and and it's inexpensive at the same time, and I know a lot of people struggle with the maker's mark. So I was hoping you'd give us a right. Overview. Well, so it is. I would I would not I would call it unique. I would also fully credit. I stole it from the internet. You know, hey, I I found something on I found something on YouTube one night where somebody talked about using a laser to go through um, black spray paint and then etch on the, etch stainless steel after that. And I kind of fouled it away and, you know, I sent my knife out. I sent a knife out to somebody who kind of, who, you know, a friend of mine who gave me some constructive feedback on my, on my etching process, on my etching logo. And it was probably one of the, 
So I previously used the Brother PTP700. Um, and I was a big fan of it. It worked pretty well, but it wasn't so consistent. And for people okay. who don't quite understand the process, really what we're discussing is making the the templates, like the knockouts, right? What is, this is right. when you're using that Brother PTP Touch Plus or whatever it's called, you're making uh, a template, uh, like an like a stencil, really, you know, right. and you're using that as um, sort of to offset when you do your your DC and AC etch. So yes. the the paint, the video that you watched, the paint was sort of taking the place of the stencil. It was becoming a resist, basically. Got it was it. a resist, so it wouldn't you wouldn't etch through the paint, but you, the laser etched through the sorry the the laser et, laser etched through the paint leaving bare steel but the paint that was left acted as a resist so you couldn't etch through it mm-hmm. um, I, you know i saw this i filed it away i kind of went out and then um fast forward months and yes i somebody somebody said you know you could probably do a little better with this aspect of your finishing work so and, I'm cu- okay know. so so okay. this you you send somebody a knife they get it, it, was they lo- it was a friend it was yeah, a friend it was, it was, not a customer yeah. They didn't no. pay for the knife. So then, and then the, the, you asked for constructive criticism and they said like your, your etch is not as. It was, it was yeah. They said it was a little lower resolution, be. a little lower resolution than they expected. Interesting. And, it's, and, uh, it's interesting that somebody would say that. I mean, I, I agree with them. I think that you do. I personally think we all have work to do on our maker's mark it's tough to achieve it's really a tough thing so somebody to mention it to you i mean that's a it's a good thing maybe that's the kick in the pants that you needed to like kind of figure the process out you know i've been looking at this i've been thinking about it i think we've talked about it a bunch of times and so i discussed it yeah a lot at length so i i was on amazon and looking at laser etchers and you know so okay there's there's a couple different classes of lasers there's diode array which are the cheapest ones you can find there's CO2, um, which will do some more materials than diode array. Neither CO2 or diode array will etch steel. Right. The only thing I found that removes steel is the fiber laser that, that you have. <laughs> now, right. I'm a I'm a hobby guy. Like this is this is this is what I do to kind of clear my head at night, rather than say having a drink with dinner. <laughs> um, so I don't have a whole lot of extra, you know. And and my rule is that the business sustains itself. So any profits go back into it, but I'm not paying the bills with this. And I respect the hell out of all you guys who pay the bills with it. You, know, you and me down. both, brother. <laughs> but that being said, so I said, so I found a small laser that was $170. Um, N-E-G-E is the brand. And it's, you know, it's probably a foot by a foot by six inches high. Yeah, okay. Can't believe design. How you does it on uh... Amazon. How does it compare to that Otoro or whatever that I'm seeing? Everywhere? It's similar. It's it's a very so it, it's a smaller cantilever design. Yeah. And I know I shared the link with Brian Cohn. I'm happy to send it over to Brian once in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but does it, it have know, a what's the 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 size? It's Is a it small like 100 it's about millimeter. A, it's probably about 100 or 100 150 millimeter by 150 millimeter. Got it. Okay, yeah. so it's, it's definitely small. small. Yeah. Okay. But for me, the other kicker is so I don't I don't keep a computer in my workshop. You know, I actually have a 3D printer down here. I have a small CNC down here. I don't use them that much because it's clunky to go through several pieces of software to get my design over. Sure. Yeah. Um, this one, I pull up my iPhone. There's an app. I load my picture Ooh. into the app. 
Yeah, I and think I know exactly I which one you got. Um, so That's it, slick. you know, that that it that makes it so much user friendly, so much more user friendly for for my yeah. process. Have you um, seen? Um, <clears throat> there's a company, uh, JTEC Photonics. They're called. I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Um, so are they were they the one with the endurance laser? Um, I don't know. They have all these different kits, basically that fit. Um, they fit with like the Shapeoko. They fit the Stepcraft. Right. They ship. You know, they basically they have they actually have a kit for the MPC and C. Um, which is what I built. Yeah, they have a Shopbot. I think we've kit. talked. You and I have talked about that one. Yep. Um. So they've got all these the kicker, kits. But. Um, yeah, yeah. So I have a small MPC and C next to me. Yeah. It probably gives me about 10 inch by 18 inch area. Cool. And it's awesome. I mean, I even tried, yeah. I even purchased um, diamond tipped engraving pens yep. to try to put my maker's mark on hardened steel. They just didn't get deep enough. Yeah. Um, but for 30 bucks, it was a fun try. Yeah. I then got a Dremel peening tool. Like, a, I, I don't know if you're familiar with one. So like, it's probably another 30 or 40 bucks. Um, and it just peens. And yeah. I put that on this MPC and C. And the resolution just wasn't any better. Right. Um, Did you know so you've really forward. tried a whole bunch of different things? It seems like you've you've gone down the road of yeah. looking into all kinds of inexpensive solutions to achieve, you know, essentially like yes. what Brian Cohn is achieving with a um, like a, a hardened piece of steel that has his mark, maker's mark in it, but he has to do a hot mark. Yeah, and but what the, biggest, I do and... the biggest problem with a hot stamp like that, though, is, you know, of course, you have to hit it absolutely perfectly square and the, the yeah. thing has to be lined up just right. And like, I mean, especially up until this last batch, I was messing up every single one in one way or another. It's um, hard. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay, so here's here's the beauty of this system. Um, but I and I went through a few different types of masking material, but I found nail polish worked best. Readily accessible to, to you know every one of us that lives with a woman. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you you laser etch the nail polish, and that but doesn't touch the steel yet. So if you don't like it, you just go back over it and uh, re-etch it. Interesting. You see exactly okay. where it is and how it. I works. like this. Oh, so you wow. etch me, that, the polish actually... and then pour something over that no, to I, actually I, well, do the etch. I, or th- then well, you I etch, etch the polish, and then I hook up. I have a small hack. DC system, you take uh-huh. a, you literally take like a wall wart, wall wart, you know, like a, any yeah, power yeah. supply that's that DC is output, brilliant. and you um, you cut the end off. The positive connects to the blade with uh, alligator clips. Yeah. The negative connects via alligator clips and like a Q-tip in salt water. Yeah. I make the salt water up every time, so that will eat steel away. Yeah. Now, there's actually a very subtle process here. There's a subtlety here, which is that when steel's etched away. It's much more like a river eroding, you know, a path or, 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 or a yeah. watershed area. It could go under your it's not, uh, mask. It's not right? quite. It's yeah, well, if you let it go for a really long time, but you okay. can lose. I guess the short answer is you can lose some fine resolution yeah. if you're not careful. How um, it's, did have you ever tried? Um, have you ever tried using like a creek cut or like, like a cricket machine? Yes. To, uh, so my, do so vinyl? my sister has one. Yeah. And she did, she did some vinyl for me and picking out the little bits of vinyl. Yeah. Weeding is a and bitch. Weeding. That was it. Yeah. Weeding so, it. I, I, you could, I, it, it can't do the same resolution. 
Yeah. I, no way. I specifically did a Cricut machine. Um, so before I had my hot stamp, I would literally had my same exact um, logo in a Cricut machine and I would just pick out or I'd pick out the vinyl and, you know, do it yeah. out like that. I also put together this little hacked wall wart system and I just found that, you know, it would be every other time that I used it, I would have one letter, you know, either the the little, you know, section of it kind of collapsed on itself. So now, you know, let's say the K looks like a B or something like yeah. there's just so many, so many little things that can go wrong with those your, little vinyl stickers. And your logo, I think in particular, Becone, um, could, I could see it being a bit tricky with that kind of a setup because you have sort of very thin lines in your logo, mm. right? Your, your signature. I know even when I've CNC'd it, um, it, it gets a little bit tricky because of the, you know, the really thin line. I have, um, I actually have a engraving tip for the Cricut machine, which is oh, interesting. Yeah. It works. I've used it primarily with leather. And so, um, basically you take a piece of leather and put masking tape on the back of it and then stick it to the little uh, mat that goes into the cricket machine from there it's just a little carbide tipped um sort of pointy object you know it looks just so like a, a pen thin? no it's it drags basically okay and so it'll do softer metals like dog tag kind of things and um folks and that that's kind of how it's what it's marketed for they send along uh with it like a a selection of little pendant type things, you know, little, little slugs of steel, you know, coin sized, uh, things. And so basically right. you put a smiley face or some kind of shit on there and, and, uh, sell it on Etsy. Yeah. So it won't, <laughs> it won't necessarily do hardened steel, obviously, but, um, right. it'll do some metals. And then it, uh, what, like I said, it works really good with leather and so if you want to get a pattern in leather, it's really, really cool. Um, well, th- it, I can do... tell you this laser works great with leather too. Yeah, I'll bet. So I've, I've, done, my, seen, I've done my little logo I've seen, in that. Yeah, I've seen so many folks recently within the past couple of weeks that have picked up that o- Otoro or whatever it is, laser. And it's, you know, like you said, this it's not a super high-powered laser, but... Um, what I've noticed, I've not wor- worked with a laser really at all. I've considered getting an attachment for my shop bot, but I've always kind of thought, well, is it powerful enough just to be an engraving machine? And I've always, my answer to that has always been like, nah, I want it to be able to cut something, you know, like quarter inch yep. plywood or eighth inch plywood or three eighths plywood, whatever. Exactly. Um, some folks that I've seen are having results having good results doing that by doing multiple passes, you know, six, eight, 12 passes to get through, (laughs) you know, a thicker material. And so I start to go like, man, if it's going to take me 12 hours to engrave a cutting board, you know, with, with a, with an acceptable amount of depth and, and char, that ain't worth it. (laughs) You know, I'll just keep saving my shekels. But right. it's cool that you can do um, metal I, or that you're that you're using it to build a mask, basically, to etch metal with salt water. That's awesome. Exactly. 
So one of the things you can, one of the issues with, with certain lasers and these diode array lasers is the, the beam doesn't focus that well, or at least mm, in the price yeah. point we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can get more power. This is probably one of the least powerful lasers in the market. You can get ones that are more powerful. Let's say they can cut quarter or quarter or half inch um, plywood, but they're yeah. also going to generate a lot of fumes. There's ear assists that can go with it. Um, I literally carry this thing outside in like one hand and I've got a little jig set, a little stand set up so I can clamp yeah. something like I can clamp, I can do the bottom of my knife handles. Um, I can awesome. do, uh, you know, uh, now the wood, the it, leather, the steel. Is it, is, do you yeah. think is the focus are the focus issues? Um, are they just become because of like the flimsiness of the machine or is it, uh, I know like if you're lining up multiple cuts, that's it sounds like that that introduces a focus issue a potential focus issue because you're trying to focus the laser on something that's ultimately below the surface right and so how do you at some level how do you do that if you're on pass four <laughs> right exactly um yeah so so i you know, I, I can tell you that I, I, you know i guess it looks at depending on the power you know some of these things compensate by power yeah um and some of these things, like I think a CO2 laser is a, just a, a more powerful, like a Glowforge or you know, Chinese K40 equivalents or uh, if mm -hmm. you're familiar with those. And yep. you can take a $400 K40 and upgrade it from what I've seen online for about $1,000 or yep. so I've just watched YouTube videos, haven't done it, um, yeah. to get the equivalent of a Glowforge. You know, for me, this thing was cheap, easy to use, and does exactly what I needed to do. And, and that, that sounds like the perfect setup for most hobby knife makers or even guys like me who, you know, yes, the hot stamp works, but is so finicky, you know, yeah. it's something that is relatively inexpensive and puts out those high deep. It's not, I'm sure if you look at it really close, it might not be absolutely dead on perfect, but it's but way, way better than you can get in, you if, know. It, yeah. It's if a, you can get that consistency. Giant, it's a giant evolution in my quality. Hell yeah. Wow. Your, your, ed so, your, your edges look phenomenal. Real quick, it's, it's Ben. Been, yes. So is the, uh, you posted an image of a knife um, on August 10th on your Instagram, which is Ben's Bites, for anybody that wants to go look. Is that an example? Uh, it looks like maybe olive wood handle or something. I can't really tell. You can barely see the handle. But um, is that an example of your process, like of what it I'm, looks I'm, like at the end? I am going to, let's see, is this the one? August right, August 10th? Let's see. August 10th. Yeah, another that's exactly it. Okay, that's so exactly that looks it. really clean. I mean, that is, yeah. that's tiny. That's, and you, yeah, you like have even thinner lines than B. Cone does, right? Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah, so yeah. I have also given the graphic designer wife that I have, I have mm -hmm. reworked my logo. She did not approve of the spacing. I had to, I've, I've gone through iterations as well with this logo and trying to get the spacing right yeah. and thinner lines seem to etch better. Like we talked about the way the steel is removed. That makes sense. Uh, and, yes, and with a laser, you can conceivably uh, build a mask that has that thin of a line, right? Like I'm this, thinking this is, this is, that's what this is. This is, yeah. this was like, you know, I did some pilot work with different, different masks. I, and I think um, that's the key, right? And that like, cause I know Brian, house when you were mentioning this the other day or whenever it was 
you know, I, I was thinking like, well, how in the hell is he actually using a laser to do the engraving? But in reality, you're not right. You're, you're painting Correct. your knife with, with nail polish, you know, in this case, um, with some kind of a, a, a coating and then engraving that coating, which then in turn allows the electrolysis to get through. Um, exactly. Which is really which cool. Is brilliant. And controls it. It's brilliant. It makes a lot of sense. And, yeah. it, and, and so I would say, Ben, um, if you wouldn't mind sending me the link to your, your laser uh, device so that I can share it with the community because I already know. Send me your favorite nail polish color. I've tried a couple a of different guy. colors and that doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, oh, the yeah. color doesn't matter. <laughs> I was kind of curious, like wondering. I no, know, I, like, it's um, not, you're not the first person that's asked. So I yeah. think I post I, the, the day, I think last Wednesday when you guys did the podcast, I happen to post it to one of the knife making groups, knife making a hobby or something face on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I talked about the process a little bit and I said, here's some examples. And, you know, there was lots of dialogue and back and forth and interest. That's awesome. And uh, it was the same I day you that... guys were talking about this. So I was like, and then, you you know, Brian and Brian were like, I don't know if I want to go into details. It's Ben's process. I was like, I just posted them. You guys could have texted me. I probably would have responded instantly anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. It, this All is right. a conversation that I have a lot because people want to know what my – laser etching setup is and i try to explain it as as um nicely as possible about the cost you know i'm like they're like wow you bought a laser five thousand dollar machine just to do your touch mark it's like no that's not what it's for there's more uses in my particular realm i think you just scratch the surface yeah 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 i mean i use it for all kinds of things that are making me money that are not knife related so you know that's the reason why i was able to justify that plus i can make really cool content with it and everything else it is an expensive luxury device it is not necessary you know if you're a knife maker you can do the things like what ben is talking about and make your touch mark look really professional using yeah. sub $200 equipment, which is awesome, Ben. So thanks so much for sharing your process with us, man. That's really cool. Yeah. I have a question. I, I was um, just thinking about, a, um, you know, for woodworkers, I mean, obviously with the laser uh, machine itself, you could do some uh, engraving and, and marking up of wood. Uh, but, I, but I wonder, I wonder like taking a similar approach I, I'll bet you, you could do the same thing. Paint, say you have a cutting board and you have a really big logo or, um, you know, like a last name. A lot of times uh, I see guys making cutting boards for family members or uh, realtors or that kind of thing. And then they'll, they'll engrave the client's last name in it, you know, and sometimes those can be pretty big. And um, typically it's done either with a laser or on a CNC. And so, what results is, you know, maybe an eighth of an inch deep engraving. That might take you a very, very long time on a cheap laser. But I wonder if you painted that cutting board uh, with uh, nail polish, engraved the nail polish like Ben is here, and then maybe like gently sandblasted it or something, you know, you could probably get a, I wonder if you could get a deeper etch that way, or if you just yeah, blow the nail polish too. right away, you know, I, I don't Yeah, know. a sandblast would do a real quick job. I, yeah. although I will say, I, I think sandblast would eat away, eat it eats away polish. paint pretty quick. Yeah. yeah I've seen guys do, really um, hard. the other thing I see That's... a lot in the CNC world is, um, 
a product called Aura Mask. And Aura Mask yep. is, is a vinyl, right? So and you could actually use the same vinyl. I have that, used that same vinyl. Yeah, that you use from the cricket, product. right? So yep. you, you could use just regular old cheapo vinyl. I've used um, shelf uh, liner paper. You know that like um, adhesive-backed stuff that your grandma put on her shelves to make sure the canned goods didn't scratch the paint, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I can, know exactly what you're yeah, talking it's about. Got the, that is got a great the description of that. yellow, orange, and brown flowers on it from the 70s. Yes, it's, it's so ugly, and it gets, like, gross and yellow. Yeah, and like, kinda, uh, it's kind of yellow from the Chesterfield she smokes. <laughs> oh. oh, man. But Filter I've used Paul Malls. Yeah, yeah, I've used that. Um in a pinch and i actually use that a lot with the cricket machine for transfer paper because it's sure. dirt cheap you go to the dollar store you get a, a big ass roll of it and it's dirt cheap but it does work pretty well as a mask of uh, like i'll one mask. i'll one up you a little bit you take you, you take the laser you take you take your cutting board yeah. now this laser is probably too small for you know you have a limited area here but you can get bigger lasers that's cheap yeah. that's that's easy painters tape on it Okay, you yeah. get that. This is what I've seen on people do online. I haven't done it. Yeah. You laser that in, and then you can go over that with either a thin coat of epoxy. Yep. Or paint. Nice. Yeah, the so, epoxy would be for a serving board, not like yeah. cutting board. Yeah, um, I'm working on that uh, similar right now. I've got uh, these work for it belt buckles I've been playing around with. Ooh. And uh, took the uh, took our logo. And basically cut out, I think they're inch and three quarters or two inches by three inches, engrave it, and then filling that engraving with epoxy. Hmm. And then uh, picked up a uh, picked up a belt buckle kit from Tandy Leather and stuck it on the back. I've screwed up three of them, but the last one's sitting on my <laughs> CNC curing right now, so I've learned a lot. We'll have some pretty Fourth badass time's belt a charm, buckles. Huh, ben? <laughs> Always. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching myself leather work. I think it took me four, you know, four, four sayas of oh, leather yeah. before I'm kind of perfected, realized the process and the learning curve. Where you so feel comfortable. Should, yeah. Making yeah. it happen. I mean, I've yeah. been giving them away. You know, it's easy. Leather work is weird, isn't it? Cause it's like, it's easy to get a result, but to get a good looking result is like a whole different level. I I think I've always found that. You yes, know? there's you always get a some very functional piece. Or, very easily, right? right? Yeah. You can get a functional yeah. saya mm -hmm. very easily. Right. It's you know a few pieces of leather and some stitching and you know some burnishing, yeah. and it's like it looks it'll be okay. But to get that like when I see these guys who are knife makers who are also mastering the leather craft, yeah, I feel because I've done a little bit of leather work. I feel that almost like the leather is as equally as difficult as making the knife, if that you, makes sense. Yep. Like there's and a opposite, lot more to uh, it. Opposite skill sets in a lot of ways, right? You go from very, this very much. dirty, yeah. black, dusty environment to yep. basically a clean room. I, yes. I'm always amazed at how clean you need to be to work with leather because the smallest little bit of dirt, you know, any piece that you're working on, you're going to handle so much that any little bit of dirt starts to show really quickly. Um, and there's definitely a wide range of um, people selling products out there. For yeah. Qualities. 
And, and, and your somebody, stitching too is tricky. So real real quick, I know Brian Cohn has a question, and and I want to um, uh, also just mention we only have about twenty more minutes with Ben from Ben's Bites, and um, can I just say that this should be called the Quattro B podcast because <laughs> we are. B, B to the B, fourth. Two Bens and two Bryans, uh, even though go. Brian spells his name wrong. Um, hey, now. I, I will say that this is quite an event that we have here, and we love having Ben on the podcast, Ben from Ben's Bites. And, Ben, um, real quick, I know you and I did a collaboration, and we have a couple of knives for sale. I was wondering if you wanted to just talk about that real quick. So, sure. I mean, do you want to talk about blades and I can talk about the handles, or you know, I can try to – uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me just quick give an overview of the blades. They're a bunka style uh, blade, eighty CRV two. They're hard and uh, by me in my studio and um, hand forged. And then uh, and then I ground them down. I can't remember if I sent them to you sharp or not. I think I didn't sharpen them. I, I think, think I, I probably sharpened them. them. Yeah, they're sharp and now. Then, I mean, I just went over them again last yesterday. So they're yeah, sharp. they're they're cutting paper towels really nicely right now. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, so I sent him um, off to Ben, who is in Massachusetts, and then he put on these fantastic candles. So, nice. yeah, so we have two. So I posted one to Instagram last night, and this was one of my stack handles. So I got inspired by... I love it, by the way. If you've watched these skate these artists that take recycled skateboards, and they cut them apart, and they stack the handles. And it gives you this beautiful layered wood pattern. So I was very inspired by that, and I looked at my shop, and I said, you know what? I've been saving these offcuts for five years of handle making. Let me, you know, epoxy a bunch up. I literally just sat here one night with epoxy and some scraps and stacked up a couple of handles um, nice. or, or stacked up one with a couple of stacks. And then, you know, I, I posted kind of in progress online yeah. and there was some interest in it. And I kind of went, okay. And then it sat for months. And then I finally got around to making some handles one day. Um, my part of my process is I'll, let's say I do one or two custom handles. I do something next to them and show off the process on Instagram. Yeah. Because my awesome. view is that customers should be the per- first person to see the final product, yeah. and that I know that I know that view kind of is contrary to some other people, but I really I I feel like if somebody's paying me a premium and they're harder money, I want them to have the p- privilege of being first to see this. So you, know if, you uh, go to uh, work for it projects the hashtag on Instagram, you can see exactly what Ben is talking about. And uh, Ben, I just wanted to say, man. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, no. I know you're saying that there's other artists that are doing similar work, but because you're using such a different kind of uh, material, uh, yeah. stacking these handles, they look super unique, man. It's such yeah. a yeah. neat look. It reminds me of, um, have you ever seen folks make, they call it the chaos board. It's a cutting board, the chaos cutting yes. board. You yes. just take mm-hmm. a bunch of random scraps of all different shapes and sizes, right? Glue it up. And then ultimately, I think you, you make an end grain cutting board out of it. But, you know, typically an end grain board, you get a very nice, neat brick brick stack or, you know, a, a very uni- uniform pattern. Right. But with this, the um, the individual grains of the wood almost blur the lines between the pieces at some level yeah. as well, which is really the, cool. The Timbered Wolf used to do a lot of that. OK. Um, I think yeah. he's into furniture now. Um I, he inspired me to make some cutting boards that I didn't end up doing anything with, but I, ma- I tried making cutting boards and they were just, they were time consuming and not very profitable. Yeah. Um, 
But no, so the other, the other inspiration was the stacked leather handles and Florentine Kitchen Knives does a be- some beautiful stacked handles as well. So, you know, a variety of inspirations. And I, you know, I had these here. I put the, the feedback from Instagram has been phenomenal. Um, the people, uh, just the, the engagement last night. And this was the handle I made and I showed the process. And then, you know, I think I made two handles at once and somebody grabbed one right away. And somebody else reached out and said, I like this for this knife, a repeat customer said, reached out and said, I like this for this knife. I said, well, if you want me to hold it, great. He's like, well, you're going to make more? I said, yeah, I'm absolutely going to make more. In fact, I've got about 10 handles worth of material sitting next to me, stacked, glued up, and just ready to shape into handles. I, um, I think the feedback, Ben, is coming solely based upon your, not only the the methodology that you're bringing to the table, but the aesthetic as well. It's very yeah. unique, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such a... It does remind me a little bit of of like leather stacked, like the old S twing hammer, but it's just it's right. like also something like my crazy art teacher would have came up with for right. a project yeah, yeah. for you know, you. at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing that Which, I love about it is love. all of the all of the colors that are like you have some really you know some pieces that have a lot of chintoyants, some of them that are very matte. Um, it looks like there's a piece right there in the center that is kind of a bluish color. Um, yeah. Man, I just love Res- all the resin from our friend George. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so here's all... the other thing you got to realize: I'm colorblind. Right, some red, right, green, colorblind. Yeah. So I don't necessarily see see the same colors you guys see. Nice. Yeah. Um, I try to go. Uh, you know, if you look at my really early work, it was all contrast based. You know, a uh, blackwood mm-hmm. ferrule and a maple spacer and a walnut mm-hmm. handle and. You know, from there, it came down to collaboration with clients, and they would say, I like this and this, and we put something together, and, you know, I think they all look great. But, um, yeah, a, just a um, subtle, minor, subtle minor note is that, uh, you know, I always try to communicate with clients via photos. I never trust my own description of colors. <laughs> yeah. I can There's that. an interesting, for folks that use a uh, Mac computer, an Apple computer, and I guess now they have it for Windows and Linux as well. I just looked it up. Um, dealing with color, you know, working with color blindness um, in some of the work that I do, designing some of the web applications that we do and working with maps on fires, surprising, maybe not surprisingly, but surpri- surprisingly to me, we run into a lot of folks in the field that do have color blindness. And it becomes a real challenge when you know, you're producing a map of evacuation routes that a firefighter is supposed to follow <laughs> and, and, and it's the wrong color. The color difference. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, there's an app, uh, an app called Color Oracle and uh, it allows you to simulate or repair. I think, it, I think you, can, you can either simulate color blindness or if you actually suffer from color blindness, it will, it will flip it somehow so that you can you can see colors better. Um, and it's a really neat app. I, I use it quite a bit just to quickly check to make sure that colors I've chosen haven't, you know, really blended together or something like that. But yeah. Uh, real quick, before we lose Ben, uh, Ben, what, what, bef- we know that uh, we're going to all talk about our shop, uh, we work weeks and whatnot, what we're up to other than these collaboration projects that you and I are working on. What else do you have going on in your workshop? Well, let's see. So, so I've been less time in the workshop this week. We have a little construction project and I've been, you know, homeowner foreman, you know, for not really, but making sure that I foresee a couple steps ahead of the general contractor and 
So, so I've been out of the shop as much, a little bit more this week than I like. Um, I have a couple of S grind 210 Kyotos going out to clients. I have to work on the handles for those. I did another small cleaver. This was one batch of knives. I posted that one on Instagram. And again, it got sucked up real quick by a client. Somebody said, I want that. So I stopped posting about it. Um, I have, let's see, I have a bunch of handles coming next. I've got some vacation time coming in. So I, I've been kind of backing off telling people to send me anything for custom work. Uh, a couple of knives are coming in for Sayas soon. So it's been a fun process. I would like to also discuss real quick your business model because you have a unique model. Initially, when you first started working with knives, you were just kind of like reconditioning blades and then rehandling so, blades and that kind of thing. And then it led you down a different path. You talk a, a little bit about sure. that. Sure. So background wise, um, see, I, I always like to cook. You know, I'm a hobby. I'm a, I'm a hobby, you know, home cook, et cetera. And at one point I was like, I need something a little different. So I ordered some Japanese knives. I read Japanese knives are great. They're thinner, they're harder steel. You can grind them a little thinner, they cut better. And my first real purchase was Toshiro Nakiri. And it was, it was thin, it was lightweight, it was forward balanced. It was just, it was a joy to use. And so I collected a couple of cheaper knives, cheaper white steel knives. Um, and then I said one day, I was like, I'm gonna rehandle them. And I went on my barbecue forum. I helped moderate um, a forum called Kamado Guru. And I said, I'm gonna rehandle a couple of these knives. If anyone wants to follow along, I'll post pictures. Uh, there was more positive response to that question than I expected. And I'm going along with a couple of knives and somebody says, let me send you two knives, rehandle them and keep one. Okay, sure, this will be fun. Um, fast forward, I'm, I'm working out the process for his, for his handle. And I post this, this kind of experimental handle to Chef Knives to Go forum. And I say, you know, guys, is there a market for this? The owner of Chef Knives to Go says, I'll buy those from you. And, you know, in the first year I sent, I think I made 20 handles for him. Hmm. Now, that was a nice little side gig. Yeah. Uh, led to his clients and his forum, you know, wanting, wanting to use my services. And then it led to, you know, that, that gave me enough material for an Instagram portfolio and, clients from Instagram and Facebook and various forums. And um, so, you know, I started doing handles and, you know, I've done a variety of different types of things. I want to say I was one of the, one of the, one of the first people to make pine cone encased resin wah handles. Mm -hmm. Those got a lot of, those oh, got so a lot you're, of, excitement. you're the one that we can blame for that terrible <laughs> trend. <laughs> um, if that's the way you feel about it, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell those I'm just busting your chops, long. Ben. You know, I love uh, to do that. I know. You know? I know. When um, you um So go on. I, I was just curious because I've been I've I've been looking at your handles and a lot of other handles. Um when you just make handles to sell uh, I assume that it's more or less a blank with no hole drilled in it or anything. Like, is that is that how they come to the purchaser or? So ninety five. I want to say, in those cases, ninety nine percent of people have me install the handles. They'll have you actually install it. Okay. Yeah. And so it depends on kind of what people want. Uh, so for wholesale orders, for example, here's a great example: wholesale orders. Yeah. Um, I get. I want to get. I get one or two of those good size orders a year. Mm -hmm. And I will, you know, ask them what they want for a tang hole, tang hole, you know, cut in. 
Yeah. Most places want kind of a generic size, maybe a little on the tighter side, they can open up for bigger knives, but they don't want to mess with that much. Right. Um, you know, I've had other clients, you know, I've had other, a couple of the clients one offs that want to do their own installs mm-hmm. and I'm more than happy to say, you know, tell me what size you want. I'll get, you know, pretty close. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, or what, when I build them, I usually leave a very small hole. So I mark the center. I, you know, yeah. I drill through both sides. I do a kind of a, I do a modified version of my own um, hidden dowel method. Look up hidden dowel wah handles. You can yeah. kind of see the general idea of construction. And yeah, so well, I drill I a think... small center hole mm-hmm. to give myself what a I... reference point. Oh, sorry. What I think, uh, Ben, I'm fascinated about is your journey as a business person seeing opportunity in different places and then kind of just following the path. Uh, initially, just so get to give the audience some reference, um, some backstories. How, how I met Ben was he built the revolution, one of the early versions. Um, he was an early adopter of my work. And then, um, I don't know, we just started talking. And then it was like, oh, hey, you do this. And then, you know, you're very good at that. You're very good at like, uh, um, you know, making connections with people and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, seeing it through, I'm terrible at it and I'm, I'm really busy lately. So I feel like I'm even worse at it now, which I'll discuss a little later in the podcast. But, um, you know, when Ben and I started discussing things, it was very clear that we were on different paths as far as the business end of things, you know, um, I'm doing it, you know, as my primary, you know, kind of income and Ben's doing it as sort of like a hobby business, but he treats it very, you know, in a very professional way. Like he knows how much money he has to make to cover his costs and he's very business oriented. So I think I find it fascinating, Ben, that throughout all of this uh, time that I've known you, how much you've grown as a business person, Mm -hmm. being able to take on different projects and, and do different things. And then obviously it led you from handle work. It led you into actually bladesmithing and now you have your own, kiln and you heat treat your own stuff yeah. and it's huge. thank you thank I you think yeah it's cool the, too. Uh, oh go ahead go ahead. it's just it's been a fun journey um you know i'm a lifelong learner i'm never happy i'm not happy doing production work i'm happy doing like new and interesting things so yeah. you know adding <clears> heat treating adding grinding figuring out how to you know add the right convex to a thin grind to get some food release and yet a nice, get still a nice smooth cut that's been a lot of fun Figuring out how to f- the finish the blades, the fit and finish is where I want it to be. You know, that's been a fun challenge. Uh, the mm-hmm. leather work is the newest aspect of it. You know, yeah. the packaging, and then the, you know, just the there's a validation when someone's willing to wait six months and admittedly pay you a premium for a product that you make. It's a validation that you know I don't get yeah. during doing some of my other uh, daily activities. Let's say. And one, I have one more question for you, Ben. Uh, now that we can lean on you as a S grind professional, would you give <laughs> us your your quick and dirty elevator pitch on what you have to do to achieve the perfect S grind? Start with well, so Z. W- I've. <laughs> It's been a learning curve. I would not buy a twelve thousand dollar milling machine. Okay, Fry <laughs> yeah. Brian no, no, House's no, no. laser. Well, wait, Brian, I'm waiting and, uh... for you to pilot that project out for for, for us to, to play with. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that one. That's um, true. No, so what I what I started doing is I, I'll basically do a kind of a full flat grind all the way up a blade, and then I'll come with my contact wheel and start the hollow right across the blade. 
And then I adopted your uh, soft platen technique. And I roll the, the belt over the edge of the soft platen and I put on, and I run the blade vert, uh, in line with the belt. So I use the edge of that okay. edge of that soft platen to get into that hollow oh, and kind of change okay, the I direction. Understand. I understand now. That makes a lot it, of sense. Okay. You know, it, it, I, I learned from woodworking. I learned from other things. Changing your direction of your grind lines ensures you get an even grind. Oh, right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Love you can it. go. You can go different direction. You can go. You know, you can switch horizontal, vertical, horizontal, vertical, and clean up your whole hollow. Um, and I just did another, I did, I did two of these knives that will go out shortly and they were thinner stock. I started with, they cut beautifully. I have to say how uh, jealous I am of how thin you got that knife. I mean, that yeah. choil, I was just like, well, if so you would have taken that any further, you might've gone all the way through. <laughs> right. Well, I, so Beautiful. I think that, I think the photo is a little deceiving because okay. I rounded uh, everything off. I see. You don't, because okay. because you have the rounded. You know, I tried to up sure. my fit and finish game as part of this fun process. Yeah. And because everything's rounded, it doesn't quite reflect the light. I mean, the knife's pretty thin. The knife's it's, fun yeah, to it's, use. It's still. And a I'll lot send it like... to you, Brian, if you want to try it. Um, <laughs> Notice how he says try uh, yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Just <laughs> for, for a very short amount of time. <laughs> for a, for well, a small well, sum of Brian money. Brian tried one of my one of my first knives for a week. I sent. So one of the yes, first things I wanted awesome. to do to get feedback was I sent a knife out on a pass around. Yeah, um, I had about, I want to say, twenty people that offered to give me a test drive, and I sent a knife. Everyone got a week with it, and they shipped it on to the next person. See, and that's I got a lot of valuable uh, feedback. Yeah, and that—that's what kind of what I was going to say earlier is what I've what I've all, like been so just impressed by the, your methods, Ben. Is is that kind of thing right there, right where? Um, and Brian, you were you were saying, you know, about sharing uh, that that you treat it as a business, um, but at the same token, aspects of what you do are still very hobbyist level. Uh, you know, uh, a, a business may not send around something just to try for fear that everybody and their brother, you know, rips them off or whatever. Well, this, so this, is, this was an idea I got from the knife boards that i'm on the knife yeah, forums i'm on really chef knife cool. to go forum and kitchen knife forums these yeah. guys do you know it's not generally a ma sometimes it's a maker doing a feedback sometimes it's a retailer doing it to try to build press on a knife so but how it's often definitely... does that knife get sold like for instance like if a knife goes out on pass around and you plan on say 20 people handling the blade does it typically get to the twentieth person, or does it get purchased before? Oh, I think it gets to the twentieth person, but it builds the reputation up of the maker, yeah, and yeah. creates that, demand. This yeah, is uh, that was an interesting concept when you shipped me there, or it wasn't you; it was somebody else that had used the knife, shipped me, you know, that that blade, and then I got a chance to use it. And at the time, I didn't really use a lot of Japanese knives. I was a typical Western, you know, handle, you know, kind of guy, just a butcher knife kind of guy, chef's knife kind of guy. Then I um, used that knife. That it, it was my one of my first introductions into a Japanese piece of cutlery. And um, when my children and my wife were using it as well, they were all like, "Wow, I really love this knife." They they really loved the profile. And um, Ben, I never told you this, but that was the um, inspiration for the knife that the Gyoto that I made for the Gyoto Challenge was your 
was your profile initially, not the one that you sent me, but a different one that was very similar that you had sent me the DXF drawing of, and then I modified it. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and that's the other thing that Ben and I do is we exchange profile designs with each other and I rework his designs and he reworks mine and we kind of play off of each other and create uh, unique pieces. But it's almost as if like he did the initial legwork and then I take it and make it my own and vice versa. Again, this is where I'll go back to. We are always better when we collaborate, find somebody yeah. that you can do this with because, you know, Ben and I are friends solely based upon, you know, um, our, our love of cutlery and, and kitchen yeah. knives and, but then it, it's, you know, basically took us down a road of a whole lot of other things as well. So yeah. I love that we're friends, Ben. I love that we do our collaborations and I, I think it's fantastic work that I, you're doing. We appreciate you. Yeah. The, I, I, I thank you. I wish I, I wish I was quite as elegant as you, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm very happy that I've met you, that you're in my life and that you're, you know, I can call you and we can bullshit ideas and it's awesome. know, get to this point. This is the longest we've talked in like a month. You realize this, right? I know. It's been very busy. I know. We used used to chat for a long, longer. It's really going to happen again. And I'm in a very, this is going to be kind of the theme of the podcast, but I'm dealing with some burnout right now. Yeah. That's why um, you need to talk to me. I know. We can motivate you. Here's my issue. Like we, I had a death in the family. Like there was a lot of things that happened like recently and I'm not going to bring the podcast down to that level. I don't really want to talk too much about all that stuff, but like a lot of things have happened recently. Good things, very positive things that sort of made me kind of get burned out. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing too much and I feel like, uh, I'm so excited for my new adventure with housemaid and not owning the computer company anymore and all that, that I think I may have overdone it a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's time to reel it back in. Well, it's, it's but, interesting. Hey. I, I, I can yeah. do it. Ben, we appreciate you, Thank man. You Thanks so for hanging much, out ben. with us. Okay. All right. Chat soon. Okay. All right. Bye bye now. You know, Brian, it's, it's interesting you bring that up and cause I, I think to some extent I, I find myself in a very similar spot <laughs> um, for, well, for we know why dude. I mean, you different reasons. Can I just but, real yeah. quick. Can I just say, Hey, welcome Hi. back, Ben. Hey, man, <laughs> Thanks, we boy. missed you, buddy. Holy shit. Back. You all right. I mean, <laughs> God damn, man. You've been oh, like hell and back. Oh, God, been, no, oh my God, man. We were so worried about you. So well, thank you. Crazy word. You guys have been incredible. Always reaching out and checking and chatting, and it's been it's been a a ride. I'll tell you this uh, this crazy. Are you doing life. better? Can you give us an Sta- update? Real starting quick? to starting around the ter- the corner, I think. Good. Um, okay. The blood clot stuff is uh, improving in in the past couple of days, actually. It, and real quick for the audience, we have now named Ben's blood clot. <laughs> Clotoris. 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 Clotoris has turned me into a real puss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking more like a dinosaur, but, you know, take it whichever way you want. Sure. You know? yeah. yeah. That's not what you said This is a night. family show. I don't know where you guys are going with this. Clotoris. Oh. Maximus. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been crazy, so it... Um... That whole stuff kind of like progressed to a point where I was like having difficulty walking and dude, uh, bro, a I ton can't of even pain imagine. And you know, which so tells sorry. you, 
like this thing's moving. Okay, that's great, but it's not, you know, mm. and uh, it's, you know, it's like good, but bad that it moves and you want it to just kind of dissolve and, and your body kind of absorb it on its own and it goes the hell away. You don't want it to all of a sudden, you know, become dislodged and be a missile headed for your brain or, you know, lungs or something like that. But so improving, but um, has so also. Scary. Yeah, still just kind of crazy because there's three clots in there in my in my legs, <laughs> so it's like okay, which one moved? Which one was hurting? Now, are they all gone? Are they all better? Are they all? Um, and so that has sort of uh, slowed down the the process. Uh, you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The other process that I was talking about last time I was on the show of, of the whole stem cell transplant thing and everything else. So that's kind of put that on a little bit of a hold. And so we're in this like, oh, you know, we're, we're circling the airport going, all right, any moment now we can touch down, you know. And uh, like you said, Brian, you just kind of get you get burnt out. And I am. Like I'm in a similar way, very excited for the future and excited for new opportunity and excited for new uh, things to come. Uh, but at the same token, it's like I can't take the old uniform off yet. You know, <laughs> it's like I, 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 you know, all this other shit just stays in the limp in limbo and so it's hard right. because you're just like and i want to move that, forward and and run and sprint and do it you know <laughs> the thing that scares me so much is that you're going through this blood clot issue and at any moment they could dislodge and you know really be a major issue and you don't have anyone around you to help you out if that happens oh i do now i've been invaded oh yeah yeah my time's over as a bachelor my wife's back <laughs> My mother-in-law's here. My boys are here. And my oh, mother good. came along for the ride, too. Good. Good. This is good to hear because, I, like Brian was saying, I was, like, thinking, man, like, you're at home by yeah. yourself. Like, what if you get sick, real sick, or something real quick? So yeah. it's good to hear that you're on your way out or way up. Oh, that yeah. Was a We're Freudian kinda... slip. You're on your way up, not out, Ben. <laughs> right. Not out. Don't go anywhere. And And I will say, okay, so – I know that I have a tendency to go hard and fast. Like, this is my life. I've, yeah. you know, I'm the guy that just, when I see something I want, I, I just go after it. Yep. <clears throat> I don't know if you can even, even tell and like by listening to my voice, like I'm, 
I'm a little under, like I feel burnout and it's, mm-hmm. in a, it's, um, there's a couple things going on just like with my family. Like I lost my aunt, my dad's sister died, uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. And, um, so, and she was like one of my favorite people <sighs> and right First around off, that same time for your loss there, but well, yeah, thank you. I, sure. you know, she was lived a long, full life. Um, and she's one of those people that just to tell you a really funny story about her. Um, she was like one of the most, like when you have people in your life that are like the sweetest, like my family doesn't have a reputation of being very kind. Okay. Like mm-hmm. I have a lot, I love my family. And if anybody in my family's listening right now, just sit the hell down. You just, you're fine. Uh, no, no need to send me a text or an email about this comment, but there are people in my family peace have a ten- tendency to be, yeah, peace and love. People have in my family are, have a tendency to be a little more on the like, yeah, you know, um, oh, you're feeling shitty. Okay, well, too bad. Get to work, you know, kind of thing. Right. That's where my whole <laughs> attitude has come from is that my family's all like that. And I appreciate them and I love them and that's fine. But my dad's sister was the opposite. She was the lady who was always oh, nice. cooking and, you know, yeah. uh, you would knock on her door at nine in the morning and she'd open the door with a glass of white wine in her hand. She drank all the time. She, yeah, I'm sure that there's a little bit of an issue there, you know, whatever, sure, but she was but the sweetest person in the way to this day. If I smell white wine, I think of my aunt Dar and, um, nice. it's such a sweet lady. So, and she had, uh, um, she lost her husband a few years ago. My uncle Leo, he's like, he was, um, another great guy. He's like Sam Elliott. So, you know, like to me, and he was always just like one of those really great memories of a lot of great people in my family. But because of COVID, I couldn't even travel to go see her. You know, just things like that, because like they wouldn't even because she was so sick, like, you you know, there's no one allowed to like kind of hang out with her and stuff. So, um, you know, we lost her this week. Long, happy life. She lived a great life. So it's it it was kind of bittersweet that we lost her because, you know, it was time, you know, she needed to move on. And then, um, you know, I've been just going 100 miles an hour work, setting up housemaid and right in the like sort of beginning of August this month, we just started getting inundated with a lot of sales. So yeah, you're jumping yeah. from what I see on Instagram yeah. anyway, right? To the point awesome. where I don't even have time to do any social media because we, we just got, you know how business yeah. ebb and flows. Yeah. Um, you got to make you know, hay while was, the sun shines, right? Well, that's just what we're doing. Yeah. We're yeah. making hay. So I've got, um, a, like three days a week, I'm picking up Dexter and one of his buddies and they're coming and helping me set up shelving and doing, you know, whatever else we can do just to kind of get ahead. And I realized like I'm working like 15 hour days yeah. and I'm, I'm not, I'm not t- like taking any downtime. I'm even working on the weekends and stuff. Cause we did a whole photo shoot this weekend for right. all new pictures for the website, you know, just really, really hammering, you know, the, trying to get these projects completed and done. Um, and then I realized something that this project will never be complete or done. So I just need to kind of take a break a little bit. I think um, I'm going to take Friday off, believe it or not. I have a friend who's go. flying in. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to just take a break and hang out with them. And then, you know, yeah. um, I'm I'm going to get uh, I think I'm going to go like on a three day bender. Yeah. Where I'm drunk for Sam's for about wine, three baby. days yeah yeah i think that's uh i'm due for that because yeah, i right. really need a some Sometimes people just like that they go on vacation they do other things no i just like to take the old irish german way out and we can tell drink ourselves to sleep yes we yes, can tell exactly. ourselves we're not 21 anymore <laughs> but we'll never really know that unless we test it right 
That's exactly right. <laughs> See, I mean, it's a mental I'm... health thing. It's it's not yeah. it's not unhealthy for you. It's it's getting your mind back to right. Mm, yeah, well, I need a vacation and, uh, for myself, really. And knowing you, uh, you know, and I think all three of us to an extent, right? Like, I imagine that you get so excited by possibilities for the future, all at the same time that all this other shit starts going on, right? And so. I don't know. I guess I, f- I find myself in that position a fair amount, right? Where it's like, I've got so many plans and ideas and theories I want to try and things I want to do, you know, but then it's like the reality of what's immediately in front of you hits you right in the face and needs to be, you know, needs to be dealt with and handled and taken care of, <laughs> you know, like before you can get to those next things you know well, especially with health i mean you yeah know, you're you, you have no choice yeah it doesn't really matter what you think you, yep. you need to get healthy so you know yep. that's that's exactly it and mental health is a big part of that too because yeah what i've noticed is i just won't be as productive you know and i'll right. have kind of a shitty attitude while i'm doing it so i think it's time i take a little bit of a breather i'm i've got all my orders so if anybody's out there that listens to the podcast and you have an order waiting all of those orders are packed. They're ready to ship tomorrow. Uh, any orders that I receive this week will not be shipped until next week. And that's just purely because of my mental health. Like, I, I just yep. can't ship another and that's order. Okay. I have the parts. And that's and, still yeah, fast, no, everybody. Brian. Like, that's no, still oh, so No, fast, totally. Man. People don't yeah. care. You know, it's yeah. amazing because, um, it, okay, so we ship with United States Postal, right? So any that means anywhere in the U.S. territory I can ship for free basically uh for the customer i pay 40 dollars, you know to ship it but so people in hawaii alaska puerto rico you know they, they all can get my grinder shipped to them for the same price as somebody say in colorado right mm-hmm. uh or so i had a guy street. message me and he's like Do you, i I'm, I'm about ready to pull the trigger on your grinder but i'm in honolulu and um it says that there's no shipping fee he's like is that is that true and i said yeah that's true yeah, go ahead, pull the trigger. So he pulls the trigger, he orders it, and I was packing parts at that moment, you know, while he was while he made that order. So I was like, you know what, I'll just put his on the truck too. So I'll I'll put that together, put that together, get it out the door the same day that he ordered it, and it got to him in three days. So from Florida wow. to Honolulu in three That's days, incredible. he incredible. He messages me and he's like, I don't know how you got this here that fast. I said, dude. Really, I buy these now 200 at a time and we're packing them as fast as we can pack. I mean, we're just packing and shipping and packing and shipping. And, um, and he was such a kind man. He invited me to Honolulu and he said, I would love it if you came and stayed where I live and sent me photos of his beautiful place and and all this. And he's like, if you're ever in Hawaii, please come stay with me and let's make some knives together. I mean, just, Awesome. This community has just rallied around mm-hmm. me and just made me feel yeah. so so good about being alive and on earth. I just want to send all my gratitude out to everybody out there because I do appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's oh, been, you uh, do so it's much been awesome for stuff. It's great. Wow, shit, man. I'm, you know, it's, uh, it's funny thinking about uh, post office stuff. So 
so the boys mailed me a postcard on their way across the country, right? Oh, that I already thing, know where this is fucking going. That thing going. takes six, <laughs> seven, six, seven fucking days. How Did does they beat goddamn... the postcard? They got there first, right? Yeah. How does a, fucking, <laughs> how does a box of fucking metal, you know, how 90 does a pounds box of metal, metal ends make up in it Honolulu. to Hawaii from the here's other the why. side of the goddamn globe? <laughs> right. Here's here's the reason why. So the, the shipping service that i pay for it's called priority mail and you yeah. already know what that is it mm-hmm. gets priority flat and and you and... flat rate priority yeah. so technically it's supposed to be two to three days anywhere max. right yeah max. maximum now during christmas all bets are off like <clears throat> right. you all order a COVID, grinder for me that's not how that went yeah. at all <laughs> no and in fact um it was so funny because uh a couple people ordered the grinder right around no- late november and, you know, by the time Christmas rolled around, they hadn't gotten their mm. grinder yet. And the way that the post office works is you can't file a claim until day 28, I think right. it is. Yep. So the package has to be lost for 28 days. So, of course, I file the claims, you know, and get the money paid out, reship these people's stuff. Mm. Well, wouldn't you know it, they like some of them, all of it showed up on the same day. So, you know, they got everybody got double grinders. Well, when that happens, and I don't know how they track this, the post office knows about it and says, oh, hey, well, by the way, we delivered those packages. So you owe us that money back. And I'm like, "Okay, so, yeah, so I have two outstanding claims with the post office where they (laughs) want me to pay them back. So I said, "Okay, so. You didn't deliver. You're supposed to be delivering these packages within two to three days. It took 40 days mm. for these packages to get there. And now you want me to refund. And somehow the, the that's money? your fault. <laughs> somehow that's my fault. And somehow I'm supposed to now retrieve the grinders from the people who got duplicates. Mm. So, you know, of course, most people are really cool about it. Like a couple of the people were like, sure, no problem. I'll ship it on. So what I would do is I'd send them a label. And they would ship it to another customer. But in some cases, the boxes were so heavily damaged, they could not, you know, reship them. So I just told the post office to go pound sand. I was like, no, you're not getting your money. I'm sorry. You're just not going to get it. You're going to you go retrieve 90 pounds of steel from these people and bring it back to me. And then I'll give you your money back. Right. And they they said, okay. so it was very disagreeable. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to do that. Um, I've only had that happen once where it was, I, I had shipped out a knife and it was right around that same, not quite leading up to Christmas. So it was, a, it was about mid October and it didn't arrive until I think it was the week before Christmas. Wow. And that's a long time. I had, wow. you know, I was, I contacted, I called, I, you know, tried to get my deposit or the, uh, whatever insurance back on it. And, you know, basically it was, you know, hey, you have to wait till so many days. And then at that point, um, right before when it had made that so many days, it moved from one post office to another post office. So they said that that was enough to say <laughs> that it's not fuckers. lost. Yeah, they knew what they and were doing. And then it sat there for another month. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God. They're like, no, no, the tracking's been updated, sir. You can't file the claim. Right. Like, right. Oh, I see. Luckily, I see it was a it Christmas is. present. So it, it, it arrived just in time. But holy cow. Jeez. Well, listen, I, you know, as much as I love to rag on the USPS, I'll tell you, they are they've done a phenomenal job 
yeah. uh, adjusting to the different. In fact, they're hiring right now. So if anybody's looking for work, um, I get uh, postcards in the mail all the time about how they're looking for people. So mm-hmm. uh, my brother-in-law works for the post office and he loves his job. They have awesome pension plans. So if you're looking for work, check out the post office near you and you can find a job carrying 90 pounds of revolution grinders to all these people who are buying them yeah. if you're outside of the florida uh, naples uh, area you know you might be picking up how don't, don't go to work for the progress division of uh, <laughs> naples florida because you'll be moving a lot right. of steel for sure right. they give it's, me my own bin now did you guys see that i, I did I yeah. my own freaking bin the guy's like look just drive through the gate pull around back bring me the manifest and drop them you have your own bin it's in the corner they even label it with house. So it's got like go. a little thing on it that says house on it. I love it, man. It's they're so accommodating. In reality, they're only accommodating because they don't want to freaking move it twice. Right. That's the difference. So they're <laughs> like, hey, no, you just offload it out of your truck and then yeah. put it in there. So interesting. Hey, it works. Real this? quick, I was thinking that because we only really have about thirty minutes left of the podcast. We would dive into work for it projects because we haven't had Ben on the on the yeah. podcast for a while. Yeah. I'd love to hear his feedback on some of the stuff that's going on in these on the WFI projects hashtag on Instagram. And what that is, if you're a new listener, uh, you would tag any project you're working on in your workshop with WFI projects. And we'll see it on our page and pick it out and talk about it right here on the podcast. And you can follow the hashtag, too. Uh, so, folks, now, true. Uh, if you just go to the search tab uh, in the Instagram app and type in WFI projects or hashtag WFI projects, uh, there is the ability to follow that hashtag. And so then if so- someone were to post to the hashtag, it comes up in your home feed as well. So it's Not going to lie. I just hit that button just now. <laughs> what the Atta hell boy. is wrong with you, Brian? I didn't Tom. realize that was a thing you could do. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a while they turned off during off the hashtags, political. Yeah. Yep, yep. They turned they turned off the ability to follow a hashtag. It was super annoying. Yes. I was like, "What? Mm. I can't follow a hashtag because of yep. some there is some politician." Uh, there is yeah, some geez. question as to whether or not hashtags do jack shit anymore. Um, I That's don't know yeah. one way or the other, but but what I will say is that what we're using the hashtag for is exactly its intended purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this exact is, this is the whole reason why hashtags were created in the first place is so that you can yeah. categorize content and people could find it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to dive right in with this first post from bald man knife and tool. Damn it. That's the one it. I was going to talk about. That <laughs> well, gorgeous. You're out of luck. And cause I want to talk, we, we could both comment on it, but I'll tell you these offset filleted knives Holy that oh, uh, bald man knife and tool is Incredible. doing. I don't know what that handle material is. It I'm pretty like sure. Alligator. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he got that at blade show. I thought I saw it there. He showed me his whole bag. Like this dude, by the way, when we went to blade show, uh, not together, but I ran into him there. He had an entire backpack. He was just going around and buying handle material like it was going out of style. That's the best part of Blade, and as far as I'm concerned, other than the people. So I actually looked through all of his comments trying to figure out what it is that handle material is. It's stabilized yeah. coconut husk. Oh, oh, like a mic. Is it like um? It looks like it's almost. Um, it's like shredded, suspended yeah. like in shredded. epoxy. Yeah, somewhere. Oh, like a mic so cool. With- a coconut and then he used fiber. brass brass uh dom instead of pins which yeah. i really like 
That's cool. And I love. Those I like liners. his um. Yeah. I like his touch mark, how he puts that there, just in front of the handle. That's awesome. That's kind of. Oh cool. yeah, he's got. I think he uses a DC etch. Yeah. Brent, if you're listening, let me know what you use to make your your touch mark, because I I'm pretty sure sure that's like a it's a DC etch. That's yeah. pretty clean for as small as it, it is. is. Yeah. Man. Now oh, you guys, dude, you guys have work. seen a lot of my knives. I am a sucker for the uh, G10 liners. This this set of offset fillet knives have these, you know, really thick. Uh, it looks like a what would that? What would you call that? Like a teal color, mm-hmm. and then a thinner like white liner green. on the outside of that. Oh my gosh, that is. Gorgeous. It's like a hunter green. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a pool table almost. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, like pool table felt. It looks and like really white. thick. It looks like racing stripes to me. I love that. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, super yeah. clean work. He's crushing it. He's using a revolution on the daily. We built <laughs> yeah. it together. So that's what made it look so good, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, obviously the tooling matters, but I will say his his color choices. Here's what I'm impressed with with Brent is that not only is he a really nice guy, he's like really fun to hang out with and stuff. Is that he's is that he's really tactile. Like when I handed him anything, he he could just do it. Like the guy's worked. He does mechanic, um, like body shop mechanic work, and he's done that for like twenty years. It mm-hmm. comes out in his work, in his metal work, in his knife work, because the guy is just he's crushing it. He's super artistic, color choice, and he's a Florida boy. Can you imagine? There you go. There's hardly any of us down here doing this, and and he's just right up the street. It's really neat. That's awesome. Yeah, well, Ben, do you want man. to take one? Yeah, let me see. So we've got well, we've got Ben's Ben's bites, but of course he was. We kind of talked through some of that. Uh, there's two from Red Dot Knives. Have you guys talked about those yet? We haven't. Go for it. Oh, this one I like of both of his posts. By the way, if you're not eye. following, if you're not following Red Dot Knives, you need to. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I got to look at his profile. It just says Ryan Earl. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's in PA. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. I I love his work, by the way. Yeah. He only has 160 <clears throat> followers. He needs more followers. So yes, he does. Go check him he out. He deserves more followers. He definitely deserves it. So he's got this. Uh, I I can't tell, but is. There's one where it says working on some corner details, and that's him kind of working these corners of this the the brass um, on that handle. Is that handle the one in the other post? It looks like I it. believe it is. Looks yes, like it, right. Yeah. You can't tell because he's done the peen work on the top. Yeah, and then he in the second knife or photo you can't see the top. So, but it definitely oh. looks like the same layout yeah just a cool looking knife um, i love that that peen work on the brass yeah that's neat where you know i've only seen that done one other way and by one other artist and i think it was aaron lee i'm sure it's mm-hmm. very common but a leave knives if you don't know who aaron lee is uh go seek him out on instagram and on youtube i'm gonna plug him a lot because he is doing amazing work and his uh garage workshop and he's like the epitome of working for it. The guy yeah. busts his butt all day long at work, travels for work, and then comes home and and busts out awesome knives. So yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, for yeah. 
Red Red dot nice has got several posts up here, and the other one that caught my eye was his jalapeno watermelon Dude. lime yes. gin and tonics. <laughs> I want that right yeah. now. Jalapeno watermelon lime gin and tonic, incredible watermelon from the neighbor's garden, and a killer knife to cut the lime with. That's a cool looking knife. Doesn't that too. just yeah. look delicious? Like you yes. just yeah, it drink does. That. It really does. <laughs> I want, I want sure. that. I. It looks though like um, I don't know why, but I can't get margarita out of my head. But then to know it's a gin and tonic is tripping me out a little bit, you know. <laughs> it is tripping me out too because it's got an actual jalapeno pepper floating uh-huh. in the right, drink. Floating in there. I have yep. I have made jalapeno margaritas, but never a gin and tonic. That's interesting. I love gin and tonics. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a Tanqueray man. Yes. I love Tanqueray gin, and um, it's yep. just a little splash of something in it, like lime There's something or whatever. about a mm. gin and tonic. Classic drink. Just, well, yeah. now that we've had Ben's bites on, it sounds like we need to get Red Knives on. Have him give us the um, you know lowdown on that drink, and have us all you know make it and test it all out on the I, uh, podcast. I like here. that idea. Yeah, or I mean, maybe the uh, Saturday Live. Stream. We used to that used to be a yeah, theme sure. on this show before our time, Brian. Right? Yeah, you used to have guests. <laughs> Let me tell you about guests. They're they're a pain in the ass. They're, yeah. You know, nobody can get make a time frame, and yeah. so I, I mean, no offense to anybody that's been a guest on the show, but it's it's tough. It's tough to so you know we have to hold a schedule, right? And that's why we don't yeah. do it that often, you know. Well, um, I was talking luck, more luckily about Ben stuff. Ben Butler is retired. He doesn't do anything, and Brian is unemployed, so <laughs> I mean, we can. We got, and then every, I'm just, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> just keep working for us, Brian. <laughs> can keep paying those social security That's taxes it. for me. I don't know, but did you guys see the report that we made $18 last month in ad revenue on did the podcast? Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, nice. Not bad. We're not bad. We're hey, climbing that there. Yeah. Really quick to, to throw in a little business thought um speaking of ad revenue and that sort of thing i I recently listed my woodworking business on google my business okay and i don't know if anybody's ever looked at that so basically what that does is that puts you on the map so to speak the google map and uh if somebody were to search you know custom woodworking you know Take me to the closest custom custom woodworking shop or knife okay. shop or whatever the hell it is. Uh, you're now listed as a business in Google. Wow. Um, I have honestly been blown away by the numbers that I'm seeing on the uh, weekly and monthly reports. It's like this is uh, these statistics uh, over the past – 14 days, I've had 3.5 thousand views of my my business on Google. I've had wow. 1.5 thousand searches. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the traffic that it's driving, and then it also drives traffic to your website. For um, sure. And. On there, you can post updates, kind of blog-style updates as well. And then customers can also post reviews. Okay. And so most I folks, did a lot of this with the with the computer company. That was yep. really how I got 
all my business was yeah. through Google My Business. It used to be called Google Local and all yep. of that. Yep. And um, it could make or break your business. So you piss off a customer it's, and they go in there and give you a one-star review. You're screwed. Yeah, you yeah. live by the sword and die by the same. But I actually um, had a guy in my building give us a one-star review. Mm. It was it, he really? was and yeah. <laughs> it was that's a story for another podcast. Right? Like, <laughs> I went over there and talked to him. Like I was like, "You're this is not okay." Like yeah. the guy was he basically dropped off a machine and wanted it fixed in like one hour, and we oh, said geez. we couldn't do it. Right? I mean, it was like the middle of season. Like there was no way we could do it. And he gave us a one-star review and it was like scathing. I'm like, Richard, did you not think like we're in your building? Like I'm going to walk down here and confront you, of course. And then it was so funny because he had done this to a bunch of people in town, like left one-star reviews over nothing. And then um, so people were leaving him one-star reviews as retaliation. (laughs) And it became like to the point where he had to close his Google listing because – so many houses. people had They're been great. burned by this guy. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is karma, bro. Like, yeah. you can't do this. You are fucking with people's yeah. livelihoods because you are an entitled asshole. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sorry, people will fuck back with you. Oh. And 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 they did. Oh, yeah. man. People are writing in like, oh, I had a confrontation with Richard today. I didn't do any business with him because he's a big douchebag. And here's the reason why. And like they wrote like pages and there's nothing you can do about it. Google will not right? take it down. No, they won't. You can wow. report it all yep. day long. Google That's won't do anything thing. about it. They that don't care. That user that made it has to take oh, it man. down or choose and to. I, but I've always and By been... the way, Richard, Richard from this business. He has Napoleon syndrome because he's like four foot four and he wanders around. He drives a Porsche and he yells at everybody and he's a big jerk. Wear socks. Where's where's penny loafers with no socks? No, he wears (laughs) socks and sandals at the same time. I see him every day. That kind. I wave Um, to him every day. And here's the thing. I did not retaliate, by the way. Not once. You You know why? Because I did not. I do believe in karma. And yeah. I believe that if you do it to somebody, 100%. then it opens the door back up for you. So just let no. karma sort them out. That's mm-hmm. what I say. I've, I've always been a little hesitant to sort of to, to list my stuff there. Um, not for fear It'd of It would be good for you, though, I think. Well, yeah. Because could, you're a local. Like, you, right. could, you could do all that. It makes sense for you. And I think to some extent, you know, I, I was trying to think about, like, knife makers and that kind of thing. And if nothing, you know. People search for the the damnedest things, right? And mm-hmm. so, if if nothing else, it may help your SEO, you know, on your website and uh, definitely you know, does. You're yeah. just your for those, you know, your search engine optimization. And so, the more um, the more uh, instances of your business name you can get on the web, the better at some level. And then the more adjectives you can get out there to describe the work that you do, the better as well, right? And so yeah. it's kind of your your opportunity to at least drive a little bit of it, you know, in another way other than your website. And Richard so. Beck and I were having this conversation. Richard Beck is a he's a um, engineer, makes grinders, and um, he's got like a bunch of cool projects going on. And he was yeah. looking. He does like who runs reports on. Um, backlinks like trying to figure out yeah. like how many outside websites are pointed back to your website mm-hmm. and you can run a backlink check on like any website yep. that, that you want there's it's a it's a public domain information yeah and um 
you know, so he's looking at it from that perspective. And, you know, I kind of gave up on it. I just, yeah. here's what I, here's, and for me personally, I think that you, when you put all of your eggs in like the SEO game where you're trying to like pull a customer you and, and again, this is a different space. Like maybe he's trying to get um, pulled sales from other places and you know, sure. that kind of thing. Yeah. I personally think here's my, my business um, philosophy on uh, gaining new customers. Cause you know, in business they always say it's easier to keep a customer than it is to get a new one, but to get a new one is really tough. Right. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, so my, my take on it is, is, is as much exposure as humanly possible. Brian Cohn and I talked a little bit about mm-hmm, this in the last couple sure. of ep- episodes about exposure yeah. and the right kind of exposure. You know, you can't be like Richard, you know, having confrontations with people all over mm-hmm. town and then, you know, leaving negative reviews and stuff. That's bad, bad, bad. You want good, positive exposure. <clears throat> you want to talk about your product and, you know, help people out with it and kind of share your journey and, do like what Gary Vee says. You know, there's a lot of people out there who don't like Gary Vee. Um, I think Gary Vee is brilliant. I think he makes a ton of sense. And the simplest steps that you can take is just get people to know who you are. And yeah. how do you do that? How do you get exposed to people? You do things like podcasts and you do YouTube channels and Instagram and social media. And then when they message you or they write a comment on anything that you do, Respond. engage with them. Yeah. yeah. And that's why the algorithm it puts so much priority on engagement, not because they solely want you to be, um, you know, they want the user to stay on the platform. That's number one, obviously that's how they make their money through advertising, but they also want you to connect with your audience because ultimately the big picture is the more you connect with more people, the more they're going to stay on the platform. Just like the other day, Brian and I were talking about, you know, I make the video on YouTube, but the conversation (laughs) happens on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's because Instagram has done a great job of allowing people to have those dialogues back and forth. And if you think about it, to a large extent, Instagram has sort of done away with the ability for, you can no longer be a big shiny object on Instagram and win the game. Right. Like to, to right. some extent, yes. You know, like the viral video does work. Um, Speaking of that real quick, it's not enough. You know, real quick. I wanted to give you guys an update on that video. Remember yeah. what Brian yeah, yeah. and I were talking I, I, about last week? Yeah. Yeah. So there was 18,000 views last week. This time it now has almost 70,000 views. Wow. And now, I think isn't I figured it, it weird, out. Though, like, how the hell does something like that continue to trend right. upward? Tell when us your most secrets, other right. things just go fucking flat. Let me let me tell you why I think it's doing this. I, I can't I can't know for sure, but in the video, Dexter is using the TR Maker knife vice, and he's using yep. it kind of incorrectly. So the knife is sticking out, yeah. so it's like pointed at his chest, yeah. and he leans over and he grabs a piece of. Uh, sandpaper, ah, right? He didn't stab and himself. He didn't stab himself. No, it was very <laughs> safe, and you know whatever. It's, right. It doesn't look safe. It does it, not look it, safe. But also, that TR maker. If you're somebody like me, that's not super familiar with the business of making knives. Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting object. You it know, is. That in it and of itself is. is like, whoa, that's fucking. Cool. And then and then I zoom in, and there's like a knife in it, and then you yeah. know you kind of see what we're doing or whatever. I thought it there's was a, a handful vagina. of handful of comments on that video that are like you're an idiot kind of right, thing and right, this is yep. not safe 
But then here's what I don't understand. This is the the other hand of this is that there's like 2000 likes on it. So there's people liking the video and watching it completely through and they're not leaving negative comments. So I'm like, I, I, but I assume most people are going, yeah, that's not safe. I wouldn't do that. It's, you know, it's not how it's supposed but to be. But they're watching it all the way through to see if he does end up stabbing himself in the stomach. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's probably the reason why it's got 70,000. I views think. And it, I, I get 100 reason, plus I, likes an hour. Sorry, it's weird. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I think the big reason why you've got that to really blow up is, you know, interactions, whether they're, you know, sending a message or liking, uh, if they're sending a message and saying, hey, this is great, I love it, or wow, you're an idiot, that's still an interaction. Still and engagement, to the system, baby. To the system that's optimized for engagement, it's almost better to do something that is a little bit risky. Not Not saying out there like, hey, go do something stupid and get a bunch of likes, but if you do something wrong, those tend to be the ones that, you know, people... You know, you get a hundred comments of "No, you shouldn't do it that way. You should do it this way." Yeah. I mean, that's what tends it, to blow it's up. It's the same on YouTube, where you if you make a mistake, one of my most viral videos is where I use the wrong kind of outlet box to put in an outlet, and oh, no. I got every amateur electrician in the world called me an idiot, right. and YouTube was like, "Hey, Ooh, let's, show let's this push to this people. to the home page." Yeah, and like <laughs> on one day, I made seven hundred and eighty dollars on that video. Wow! In one I day, mean, yeah. man. Yeah, that's so what monetization other... is like, Brian. Yep. Wait until you get there, but <laughs> you're almost good, there, baby. Um, and it's of, interesting. Go, go speaking of twisting the knife, yeah. no. Speaking of, um, I actually have a video. It's it's been almost two months since I've posted a YouTube video. I have one that's ready, and I'm th- I'm debating whether I should announce it right now and say, "Hey, go and check out this YouTube video," or if should if I should hold off and uh, post it on like Friday or Saturday when people are more likely to actually see it. So I kind of want to take on it. Absolutely. If I'll, if I'll you, give you say my take. if you say post it right now, I have it up right now. I will post it. Post it. Here's time. my take. Send me the video, and I'll post it on my my channel. Because okay. I haven't made a video in like a month. So I need some content. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. I'll rent it from you. <laughs> no. So so I would post it on Saturday morning, like early, like 8, 8.30 really in the morning um, Eastern time. Okay. And, and uh, or even earlier, maybe like 7 something. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And the reason why is that I, I think – People are during the week are less likely to tune into YouTube. I think I have figured this out over the years is that my content in particular and your content is similar to mine is that the weekends are the best time to post. Okay. People are more, they're like, they're less, they're more, they're like, they're less likely to be going to work early in the morning is a great time because they wake up and they see the notification on their phone. Okay. And they might watch it or whatever and just give it a shot, see what happens. And then sure. um, we'll promote the living hell out of it. You yeah. know, we'll and actually, I'll push if I can do and... that for a minute, um, this one's actually super special to me um, because I made this knife almost actually just about a year ago and it ended up going to my grandfather as a Christmas present. It's a fillet knife, Damascus fillet knife. Um, nice. it's, I think the first flay knife that I ever made, and I've, I've kind of perfected it since then. It looks very similar to the ones that I make now, 
But um, just the fact that, you know, something that I made and put a lot of effort and time into that looked so pretty went to the man who actually was my inspiration to become a maker. You know, when I when I grew up, um, a lot of my time as a very young kid was spent in his barn taking, you know, scrap pieces of wood and, you know, sanding it down and cutting it into shapes and nailing them together. And, you know, every single time he, you know, he would, you know, give me like, hey, you know, this is great. You could, you know, do this a little bit better. And, you know, he taught me that, you know, a handmade product isn't going to be perfect, but we should always, you know, strive to be better on the next one. So the fact that I was able to make something for him, it, it, it's just incredibly special to me. And I made yeah, a YouTube video awesome. around it. So it's, it's That's just so kinda, awesome. Now, yeah. does he does he make a, um, a an appearance in the video at all? Or is actually it, right at the end, I have a little like grainy video of me on my iPhone uh, kind of videotaping him opening it, which is nice. cool. That's, That's awesome, awesome, man. What's your grandfather's yeah. name? Uh, Ron Rourke. Yeah. Ron. Yep. Wow. Yes. Oh, I love that. Nice. That's yeah. fantastic. You know, the, the people that get you into it, um, and may, and like help you through your journey of becoming a maker, it, you know, if they live long enough to see you actually do something with it, it mm-hmm. it's awesome to give back, dude. That's amazing. Absolutely. I love so, that story, by the way, Ron, we speak that. your name. We speak your name, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Fantastic. Well, listen, we're, we are coming to the close of the show. I wanted to send out all my, uh, love to our patrons, the people who have, supported our work right here at the work forward podcast and using the wfi projects uh we appreciate everyone who has followed along in our journey of becoming better people and better makers and and doing the work that we do which is creating content and all of that and ben we are so glad that you're back with us and that you're are you uh you you see in the future you like do you see any more interruptions for a while are you going to be like back with us for a while or what yeah i think yes that's that's the goal and the plan uh as of right now so i'm uh right now you know as much as i can try there's not really much i can do about uh the blood clots but trying to get that uh back as healthy as possible so then i can move forward with the next steps uh that i talked about last week with the whole pittsburgh and stem cell and all that stuff so in a little bit of limbo make sure you send over your charts to dr brian Cohn so that he can give you a second i forgot uh i'll do that really as soon as the podcast is over (laughs) i don't know if you know this but he's uh He's a phrenologist. That's what yeah. he's oh, known is for. That I, thought I, I, I thought he was a proctologist. He's well, not a proctologist. Well, he studied proctology, but that was more of like uh, like a hobby. He, oh, he enjoys okay. Gynecology that is also yeah. a hobby of his, I've, yeah. I've heard. Goodness, uh, right. guys. A phrenologist, <laughs> a, just so you know, a phrenologist, Brian, is somebody who, who reads and interprets the bumps in the skull. Yeah. Oh. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, a mind it's reader. A, <laughs> Not a mind reader. I don't know what the. I don't really know what the actual a prognosticator of, it is. of prognostication. It's a pointless <laughs> enterprise. It really is. There's not much to it. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Which hey, is that's what funny. Means. Even on its own, I mean, right. the fact that you're a doctor and a phrenologist. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so Brian, do you have a uh, do you have a dad joke to uh, end this on? Oh shit, oh, yeah. a dad joke. I forgot. I've got a bunch. Hell yeah, let's hear it. I, I posted one to Facebook. I'm going to tell this one because it's really good. I started a store that sells a second hand. Oh, man, I screwed it up already. I started a store that sells 
used artificial limbs. I call it the secondhand store. <laughs> All right. So that one, that one already went out to the mind. Yeah, that went out. Trombone without us knowing. He was ready with the bone. I love it. I love it. Let me see. Hold on, we're on second because I've got a bunch of messages here from people. Bring them Kindle. One night of I. Oh, these these are pictures. I gotta like. I gotta find another one here. Let me throw in a. I wanted to throw in a a shout out. Um, throw it to, in to folks because uh, I've had a number oh, of folks reach out to me and uh, check in on me and see how I'm doing and how things are going. And I want to let folks know, I, I appreciate that so much. That is, it's been really incredible to uh, folks that listen to the show to, to, to reach out. And so just thank you so much for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. It's really neat. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Great, great community we have here. And Ben, yeah. uh, I was once kidnapped by mimes. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did unspeakable things. To me. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> phrenology. <laughs> they did phrenology. <laughs> they studied the bumps on my skull. It was awful. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks you so much for listening and supporting our work. We truly appreciate you. you. Have a great working week. My name is Brian House, Ben Butler, and Dr. Brian Cohn signing off. <laughs> Keep See you guys. Hell Bye. Adios. Work for it, baby. Adios. <laughs> goodbye. For it. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.